0: Hey Sailorville Church and beyond, this is Pastor Jason, and uh, welcome back to the Sailorville Church Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and our speaker from this last Sunday morning, Colton Willie.
1: Hello. Happy Colton, back.
0: Great to have you here. My goodness, we um, I was thinking about this the other day as you were speaking on Sunday morning. We've just had so many great conversations about faith and yep. about trials and about humility and struggles, and mm-hmm. uh, they go back even before your days when you were an intern here. That's right, yeah. And uh, God has just continued to really grow you and bless you, and your wife, Rachel, was our children's director mm-hmm. here for a while, and, and you guys are just amazing together, you're incredible servants, mm-hmm. and Thanks, you've got brother. a little one on the way, which you announced right. to everybody on Sunday.
1: <laughs> Amen, yeah, praise the Lord. That's a that's a big deal in our household, you know... Um, We've struggled with like, you know, miscarriages and stuff like that. So the church is just, and I think I said that the church has been just super supportive and super, you know, prayful. And so that's been really awesome. Yeah. So we're happy. Praise it Lord. is
0: it is a family deal, right? I mean, we're we're a church family and um I'm glad you said that on Sunday we have been praying for you. Now tell us the name of the baby girl. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, that would That's have been amazing. The, the we could have had it on <laughs> Man, a live that, podcast. It,
1: I I just just telling these guys before we went on air, like I'm so bad at saying the name, so I have to be really, really careful right now. <laughs> we would
0: absolutely not have edited that out <laughs> if, if you had it. shared that.
1: And um, Rachel would not talk to me for about two weeks. <laughs>
0: So your due date is December eleventh. December eleventh, right? Yep, Lord, um, willing. Lord willing. So my goodness, just really excited for you guys and about mm. what God is doing there. And yeah, thanks, brother. Um, yeah, Lord willing, we'll have a little little baby willing running around here. <laughs> oh, amazing! Prepare yourselves. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, Colton, listen, if you don't mind, I'd love um, to just kind of dig into this passage a little mm-hmm. bit with you uh, and with the rest of our, our listeners here. Absolutely. And uh, I'm going to read the passage um, from this last Sunday, James chapter one, twelve through fifteen. And uh, then I'll kick it over to you and just okay. kind of have you sort of summarize, maybe begin to unpack some of um, sure. what God was doing in your life and, and uh, what he allowed through you to wow. us uh, on Sunday. And then we'll ask some specific questions, get into a conversation. So okay. James chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. And Colton's title for the message was The Tests That We Take. So here's the passage. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he, this is women too, right? For when he or she has stood the test, they will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. So Colton, mm. you reminded us, or maybe even taught us for the first time, three, um, well, to have a biblical perspective on three things, really, tests, trials, and temptations, and yes. you sort of define those, but differentiated between them as well. Yep. So kind of unpack that a little bit and give us a big umbrella statement or a yep. couple couple statements about the passage.
1: Yeah, so when I was studying for this message, um, the, the big roadblock for me uh, immediately is when you look at that that passage, um, it says, blesses man who perseveres under trials. And that word trials is, uh, I think I said this in the message is pyrosmus in the Greek. And you're like, okay, that sounds good. And of course there's other, and I, I actually took the, ver- the, the other verses out, but, um, we know from the rest of our biblical theology that God does test us. Okay. Even James himself confirms that in the beginning, the first couple maybe verses two through four, um, I, I added to these out just for the sake of time, but the prophet Jeremiah says, "I, the Lord, search the heart; I test the mind." The psalmist says, "Examine me, O Lord, and try me; test my mind and my heart." Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, if we take a biblical theology, like God does test us, mm-hmm. and so, but what's really confusing for me as someone who's trying to tackle this this passage is when you get down to it, where it says God doesn't tempt anyone. The word tempt is the same word as test. (laughs) So you're like, what's going, you know, like as a, as an expositor, I'm like, what is going on here? You know? And I reached out to so many guys, I reached out to even pastor, I was like, please help me, you know, understand this. And I came to the conclusion that, and I think I said this in the messages that testing and trials are the, they're the two sides of the same coin. Hmm. Right. And, uh, one commentator, I, I had, again, something else that was on the cutting floor, but, um, they talked about how every single test comes with a trial. Um, it says this, so this is Douglas Moo, he's a pretty mm-hmm. famous bi- mm-hmm. biblical commentator. He says, Financial difficulty can tempt us to question God's providence. Mm. The death of a loved one can tempt us to question God's love. The suffering of the righteous, so those who are all in for God, and then the ease of the wicked can tempt us to question God's justice. Mm. So I really got thinking, you know, like, Every test comes with a temptation mm. when God puts difficult things in our lives. And I, I love that pastor alluded to this when he first talked about James is like, even the small test, even when like the driver is crazy in traffic, you mm-hmm. know, like that is a test, you know, and every test comes with a temptation. So God does test us, but then it says, um, that he promises the the crown of life to those who pass the test, who are approved. And it says he's, he's promised that crown to those who love him, mm-hmm. those who love him, you know. And so it's almost like a backwards thinking there. But I really started thinking about the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, mm-hmm. you know. And as I was studying this passage, I, I was, it really, the Lord made it very clear to me. He's like, you know, I send test everybody. And testing, although it does draw us to God, it also tests the authenticity of our faith, yeah. you know. It tests how real is our faith, you know? And cause what do tests do Tests, They, they kill our self-sufficiency, you know? Um, they, they, I, I, I referenced, you know, Nick long and in, in the mm-hmm. message, someone who is, who's is being tested and we're praying for him, you mm-hmm. know, cause it's hard. And you know, even my miscarriages, like these things that happen in our life that we don't plan, we're, we're not looking forward to, we're not asking for, but God, I think of the, the verse, um, you know the vi- the branch must be attached to the vine, yeah. and everyone who doesn't bear fruit he, or everyone who does bear fruit rather he prunes. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Kurt has said before, God is never closer to the branch than when He's pruning it. I love that. Yep. Um, but those tests are are authenticity. Is our faith real? And then the next part is temptations, and we see this argument of of well, is God tempting me? Is God uh, involved in this? And as pastors said, James's audience would have been Jews. And so they would have had such a high view of God here, right? They would have, they would have understood the sovereignty of God. The idea that God truly is in control of all things. Well, if he's in control, then isn't he the one causing that? Mm -hmm. And so James's audience probably would have had that question. Mm -hmm. So James just, he already knows it's coming. So he just preemptively says, no, Mm -hmm. God allows the tests, but he doesn't, the, the temptation to go the other way, that comes from you. Mm-hmm. That comes from your own sinful heart. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really important to, to mention. I and I mentioned in the messages is that Satan is never mentioned in the passage. And I know I've I've said this before. You know uh, that we are. You know I'm being tempted by Satan. I'm I, I fell to sin because of his temptation. And that's true. He does entice us, but he never compels us. He never actually pushes us to the act, to yeah. the deed. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of the second part. Is that it's ours. We have to take ownership. And then the last part, though, was the kind of the growth of sin. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Sin only does one thing. It kills us. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I use the pregnancy picture, you know, (laughs) so and you kind of brought that up. But the reason that obviously it's been really in my mind lately, but I think that's really what James getting across. And I I said in the message is like we nurse our sin, you know. Um, I, I've said this so many times. Well, I fell into sin. Yeah. I fell into oh man. I feel like when we text our friends and we confess or we're we're texting maybe our accountability group, like we're like, well, I fell into sin last night. And it kind of feels better to say that. Yep. <laughs> But I think the reality is no one falls into sin. You know, we I I think I said we nurse it, Mm -hmm. you know, we let it grow. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a quick snapshot.
0: Okay, so let's just land on that for a little bit, because I picked up on that too. Mm -hmm. We we so often say, I fell into sin. You use the example of like walking along and you fall into a pothole, (laughs) right? Like, whoops, whoa, I didn't realize this was happening, and here I am, I'm in a pothole, and I didn't see it coming. And Mm -hmm. the truth is, it's more we we nurture, or you said nurse, our Mm -hmm. sin. And so we allow it to grow, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we're along way away from where we should be, Mm -hmm. um, and we look back and say, whoa, how did I get here? Well, I got here, not all of a sudden, but because I was making poor decisions, unwise decisions, sinful decisions for a very long time, for instance. So talk about, you know, this idea of falling into sin, how does that almost excuse us Mm. from the ownership that Mm -hmm. we need to take and the perspective that we need to have on our sin? It seems like it excuses sin sometimes. It does,
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think the reason, again, I'm just just being honest, like I've said that, you know, and I, I think when I say I fall into sin, it's like you said, I, I, I'm really deflecting ownership there, you know, and we all, no, we don't all do it. I don't want don't to generalize it, but I think a lot of people do that. You, as you were talking, Jason, you made me think of Proverbs, where there's two personified women uh-huh. there's the woman of wisdom who says, come here and uh-huh. receive life. But then there's the other woman of folly and shame. And she literally says, she's like, I've made my... I mean, it's, it's very romantic mm-hmm. language in the Proverbs. It says, I've made my bed, I've covered it in oils. And mm-hmm. I, I it's look, very enticing. It's, it's enticing. Tiring. That's literally in the passage right, in James. Yeah. And I think um, when I, the idea of falling into sin, you know, no. No one falls into sin. Because I think I love the word that James uses. He says, when it's conceived, mm. you know, and when something's conceived, I mean...
0: It's very intentional. You know where we're going with this. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's intentional. You know, that's something you're choosing to yeah. do, you know? Um, so we have to kill our sin at conception, you know, um, which is it's kind of a visceral picture, but I think that's what we're called to do. And I, I think the reason we often say I fell into it is it somehow makes me feel like I'm not as guilty. Wow, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not as wicked... As I truly am. I, I think yeah. you, you want to save face when you say stuff like that. Okay, I want so to save face. what
0: should we say instead? I, if we could strike yeah. this phrase from our vocabulary, yeah. what do we replace it with? Not, yeah. hey, I fell into sin last night, or yesterday I fell into sin when I was looking at something, or yep. when I acted the certain way. What would you want me to say based on the passage
1: and the other b- that's, passages? That's a great question. I think I immediately go to Psalm 51. David says, against mm. you... And you alone have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Mm-hmm. So that's ownership. And I, I've had these, mo- I just throw myself on the carpet. Here. I've had these moments when I've looked at something I haven't, I shouldn't have, or when I've said something I shouldn't have. And I have three guys that I, I text and I found myself doing what I talked about. Oh guys, I fell into sin. That's where these illustrations come from my <laughs> own life. You know, like this is, this isn't just something I think like I do this. And I, I found myself texting them one night. This was a couple months ago, and I wanted. I actually almost wrote. I wrote down on the on the phone. I fell, uh-huh. and as soon as I wrote it, this is before I did any prep for this message. But I'm like, no, mm. I didn't fall. I said I chose, chose to sin. Yeah, and I think maybe even saying I chose to sin, I think that makes, that just makes more ownership. And words matter because. Mm-hmm. You, you um you can convince yourself of anything. I know a pastor said that. You can convince yourself into anything yep. and you can convince yourself right, right. out of anything. Yep. And I can actually convince myself that I'm not as bad as I am. Yeah. You know.
0: Okay, so this this is sort of connected with that idea of uh, tests are designed to take the to to check the authenticity of our mm. faith, and I really like this. You made a statement: if there's no fight, there may be no light. If mm. there's no fight, there may be no light. And it and the passage that you sort of referenced was Second Corinthians thirteen five. Examine yourselves, mm. which that's a great phrase right there, right? Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves that Jesus is in you, unless Indeed, you fail to meet the test. So just kind of connect that idea of, I chose to sin with, if there's no fight, there may be no light. That seems, you know, maybe for somebody listening to this, they hear, boy, if I choose to sin, I may not be a Christian. Mm. That seems pretty harsh. And dry.
1: Yeah. And that's really hard. So I think the key is in what Paul says in Corinthians, do you not know that Christ is in you, you know? And I immediately think of uh, Romans uh, chapter 8, you know, um, and Galatians, where Paul writes multiple times, if you, if you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of flesh. But then I also go to Romans 7, where Paul, the same guy that said mm-hmm. that, wrote, that which I wish to do, I don't do. And that which I wish I did... Or that I, that I always I always screw this up. I, I always just <laughs> I do the things I right. don't want to do, and I don't do what yes. I want to do. Basically, yeah. I'm just messing up, yeah. right? And I think there the key is though is that I I love John MacArthur's commentary of that. That's always been such a a precious um, chapter to me, Romans seven, because I am that person, mm. you know. And I love what John MacArthur said. It's like. Because there's people that debate that passage, and some people think that it's not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Whereas John MacArthur, and I think he's right in this, um, he would argue that that's the most mature Christian because there's a fight there. There's mm-hmm. a struggle. Because he says, I don't want to do this, but I do it. And therefore, I see that there's a there's a law within me. The spirit is willing, mm. but the flesh is weak. Mm. So there again, Paul says in Corinthians, um, do you not know that Christ is in you? You know, so I think maybe the key for me is, is there any struggle? And I mean, even a little struggle. Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you know, you can do incredible things. You know, those who are faithful in a little will be faithful in a lot. So I think the key is, does your sin bother you? Maybe that's maybe okay, that's the so differentiation. Just, let's
0: just let's just double Unpack click on that one. Stuff, that, yeah. that right there is, I think, a very simple mm. Um, memorable question for Mm. all of us to ask ourselves. Yeah, does my sin bother me? Mm -hmm. Um, and John MacArthur, if you're listening to this, (laughs) which obviously he does. Yeah, of course. uh, We've appreciated your words, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) that question: uh, how hard, how hard am I going to fight Mm. to? release myself from this sin, to yeah. confess this sin, to repent and turn from this yeah. sin. So the weaker Christian, or even the unsaved person, the person that doesn't have mm-hmm. any conviction, mm-hmm. would say, I don't really have to fight at all. I'm okay with this sin, or yes. I'm just a little bothered by this because it, you know, other people see it or it's inconvenient mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But the mature believer, what you're mm-hmm. saying, is is bothered by that a yes. lot. So maybe when I fight hard against sin, it's a um, it's a it, it's a picture or a symptom or a mm. consequence of being uh, deeper in my relationship with Jesus. Yes, becoming more like Him, I will fight more against the sin.
1: Amen. Uh-huh. Yeah, you you made me think of what Paul says. I wish I knew the reference, but he talks about how there's two kinds of mm. um, sorrow. There's yeah. godly sorrow, yep. which leads yep. to repentance, and that's yep. the sorrow where. I feel bad because I hurt God. That's right. But then there's worldly sorrow, which is yep. I feel bad because I got caught. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it hurts me. And it hurts yeah, me. Exactly. Yes. And I yeah. think for me, um, and this is real. This is, I, I always want, I want to make sure our audience knows like, this is not theoretical for me. Like I've experienced this. When I first got saved in college, dude, I mean, I, I reference this in the message, so not a shocker here, but when I first got saved, man, I was so immature. I didn't do the 180 flip you know, um, but I recognized my sin and I hated it, but I, and if I'm just being honest, I was enslaved to it for years. You know, I, I wasn't in the Bible. So mm-hmm. this is important too. Yeah. Back then when I was in college, I wasn't consistently plugged into community. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't read the Bible very often, you know, so th- their ideas, there's these disciplines that are helping us be connected to the vine. But I think for me, like, it, and, and that's why I really, I, I took something out. So maybe this will help us. I, I hated I hated taking this out. But it was very important just for the sake of time. But right after I said that, like the idea of like, well, you know, if, if you're if there's no fight, there might be no light. Yeah. It's a really harsh statement. But I, I actually wanted to say this. I didn't have time, but uh Jesus once said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yep. You know, and the idea there is blessed are the people who know they're broken, you know, because They like Jesus came for those people. So I think maybe the question is Does your sin bother you? Mm -hmm. And do you want, do you, do you know it? Do you know that you're, that there's problems in your life? You know? Yeah.
0: So great. So good question. Mm. Uh, Is my sin bothering me? Does my sin bother me? And then maybe a very like moment by moment question Am I fighting against sin right Mm. now? Mm-hmm. One of the guys at the men's retreat, um, which was just this last weekend as yes. well, which you were at, it was awesome. and um, really good. Just a just a plug for next year's retreat. These are really really good times with other uh, men. Um,
1: Wrote part of my sermon for me. Yeah, <laughs> it was well, it was
0: very. Um, there's a great connection between yes. what we're talking about the retreat and then you on Sunday morning. But one of the guys said, um, "You know, I, I I've asked God to search me and know me, and if." if he doesn't reveal anything, it's not because there's nothing in there, mm. it's just because I'm not looking hard enough. Mm. And I connect that with this idea of fighting, right? So if yes. I'm not in a fight right now, it's it's not that there isn't any sin in my life, it's mm. that it's not a big enough deal right now. Yes. So do I recognize, or am I seeing my own sin, and then how hard am I fighting against it? And the truth is, people become Christians, and we might not talk enough yeah. about... now. You know what that means? It means not just repenting for salvation, but it means repenting every single moment because you're fighting against sin. It doesn't get easier to live a less sinful life. It it gets harder in a sense. Yes, it does.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I I love that. Um, A man man at the retreat also talked about how um, light, like our sin is like living in the darkness. I thought that was a great picture from the men's retreat. And when you're in the dark and you get closer to light, jesus when you when you when you actually learn the gospel when you see the beauty of christ and the light shines on you well it also shows all the ugliness that's on you too you know because we're all dirty so the closer i get to the light the dirtier i come you made me thank Jay. one of my favorite sermons i've ever heard at this church was uh luke bear when he talked about the plank in a brother's eye yeah this this sermon i i think about all the time Mm. he said uh you know famous passage you remove the plank from your eye yep. but then luke bear is like but behind that plank is a million other planks <laughs> so i think there's this illusion that if you think you've arrived and that's where i was at the men's retreat you yeah, know yeah so this is all full circle here ladies yeah, and gentlemen but i think for me um behind we think we arrive and if you think you arrive i mean pastor alluded to this on the on sunday you know if a man thinks he stands take heed lest he fall <laughs> you know and i think so that's really the question if if you think you've arrived you need to examine yourself you know and then i think if you've ne- if you call yourself a christian but you you your life hasn't changed at all and you really don't you don't really care much about the lo- the parts of your life that are discongruent that are not congruent with the christian walk like that that sh- you sh- that should at least cause concern you know yeah. doesn't automatically mean you're not saved but yeah. i just think it's one of those things where examine yourself.
0: And you brought this up before, but that yep. idea of um, of we're going through life as believers in community with other people, yes. you know, n- none of us is a sinner alone. We yep. are sinners together, and mm. so when we're real and authentic about our own sin and messiness, and you do that with other people, there's, there's challenge, yep. but there's iron sharpening iron, mm. and there's growth in that when we respond the right, right. way. So nobody is alone mm-hmm. um, as a believer. You don't just have the Holy Spirit, you know, and the Lord and Jesus. Yep. <laughs> you, you've got brothers, sisters, family mm-hmm. in Christ. Okay, so really one of the really fun parts of your message, which, by the way, you know, really good stuff on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I should Praise have said that at the beginning. But Praise the Lord. Um, You're a teacher, And so you're talking about tests (laughs) and uh, the tests that you give Mm. and then the response that students have to your... I mean, this is like a very real Mm. life example. It's Mm. seventh grade social studies? Seventh grade social studies. Okay, so you've got these four different types of responses to tests. I love Mm. this. And Mm -hmm. then the whole spiritual um, illustration here Mm -hmm. is great. So you've got the ace. Mm -hmm. These are the guys, girls that... They study, they know it's coming, they yep. prepare, they remember, and they do really well on the mm-hmm. test, right? Then you've mm-hmm. got the forgetters, yep. like, oh my goodness, you <laughs> <Mostly> know, <me. laughs> shoot, there's a test today, and they yep. may do well, they may not, depending on you know, how much mm-hmm. they've assimilated the information beforehand. Yep. And then there's the gamblers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they know a test is coming. They haven't really prepared because I'm just going to wing it, yep. which is what you they're said on Sunday. It. Roll the dice and see what happens. Yep. They may do well, they may not do well. Mm-hmm. And then the last category here is where you really landed. And mm-hmm. you put the spin on it that I thought was just so good. Mm-hmm. You called it the grower.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and these are people that, what, explain this category and why they're not just
1: failures. Mm. Yep, yep. I... Especially from a teacher, uh, from a teacher's heart yeah. and from a teacher's perspective, dude, these are the students, like literally as a public school teacher, I wish I had more students like this. Um, usually the people that learn most, that learn best in any class, you know, are the kids who fail and then, but then the key, they're willing to come back and be retaught and they advocate for themselves and they talk, you know, so even just as a teacher, like in an actual classroom. Like, that truly is the best students. Teachers want those students, you know, that are going to come talk to us. But I think, spiritually speaking, the the main... Because this is a hard message. You know, James is let he's laying the wood here on us. yeah. And yeah. I think, but I wanted to give people hope because mm. Jesus gives us hope. Yeah. You know, the gospel is a message of hope, yeah. you know? And I think for me, um, Jesus once said, like, I did not come for those who are healthy, mm. but those who know they're sick, mm. you know? So I think... The reality is, and I didn't get a chance to say this, but everybody just, they just fluctuate between all these different students. It's not like you're an ace and like, aha, I'm always an ace. No, like you might be an ace during some seasons, but then maybe you are more of a forgetter or maybe some, some seasons you're more of a gambler or maybe some seasons you're more of a grower, you know? So I think, but ultimately everybody has seasons of where they're the grower, where they're failing, where they thought they were arrived, but then they. Start to kind of struggle. Well, what they need to do is they need to go back to the teacher. They need to go back to Jesus. They need to, the the branch has to stay connected to the vine and the church and Scripture. Okay,
0: Ooh. so this is really difficult for guys like you and I because yep. we 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 have this performance based like acceptance and we're yep. va- we feel valued by doing really well at something. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that privately before. And now yep. it's now it's open there, out now there, there, for, there. Now for goodness. John MacArthur and everybody else <laughs> John, that's listening. John, now you know. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> So help me understand spiritually how it's okay to fail at the tests that, or trials that God causes or allows in my life. Why, why is it better when I fail yeah. and not just every single time I pass the test? Mm. Why is that better for me in the long run?
1: That's great. I just read this this morning, uh, the story of, the, of King uh, Hezekiah. I want to th- say it's 2 Kings 19. And I love this story because, uh, I can't ever say this word, Sennacherib, some Assyrian <laughs> king, comes and he's like, I'm going to.
0: Sennacherib, someone said. Sennacherib. Say. Yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> or the way you said it. S- someone look it up. You know, you'll, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Um, but basically, he has Jerusalem surrounded. Yeah, and he yeah. sends all these people in and he's like, hey, um, he, this guy has, he, you know, he is very cocky. He sends these messengers and they're like don't listen to Hezekiah who tells you to have faith in God. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and he has this massive army and he has a funny statement where he actually says to Hezekiah, if you just give up, I'll literally give you some of my horses. If you have enough men to saddle them, you know, yeah. it's almost like a kind of a hit, in, hit in the gut, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I love what Hezekiah does. He goes into the temple and he takes this letter where he's basically taunting him, and it, it said the Bible says he spreads it out in front of the Lord. I love that, you know. And he basically says, "I got nothing, <laughs> you know. I have nothing. Uh, we have no army. We don't even have enough guys to to get the Calvary right and to go fight this guy. Help me, you know." And um, my my mentor David Tash, and I love that man. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was struggling in just the really deep pit of like my own sin. He asked me once, are you desperate to get out of this? Mm. And that's always stuck with me because I think that's really important. I think desperation is important in the reality. And so I, you know, praise the Lord, Rachel and I are pregnant. But the biggest thing that our miscarriage has taught us is that nothing is in our control. Mm. You know, even the air I'm breathing right now is a gift from God. And so I think where God really wants to get us and where he wanted to get, where he got Hezekiah, which is why Hezekiah was helped, Mm. is that, dude, you're always always desperate, you know? So I think when it comes to, it really comes back to what Paul said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weakness, because really God wants to get to us a point where we are just trusting him, you know, and not in ourselves. So when we fail... Mm -hmm.
0: It reminds us, or should remind us, mm-hmm. that we are weak, Yes. and when we're weak, God's power is on display Amen. M- most uh, prominently, yeah. And and we need to rely on the Lord's strength mm-hmm. rather than our own strength. So yeah. passing every test mm-hmm. can sometimes lead us to this complacency and self-sufficiency, which mm-hmm. you referred to earlier, sometimes failing a test is where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Not that you do that on purpose, but to realize, oh boy, I can't do this on my own. I don't have the strength, the energy, yeah. the power, the the whatever it is that God supplies. Mm-hmm. Boy. Yeah. I need to hear that. That weakness is really is really important. And then not Me to too, hide brother. it, right?
1: <laughs> Me too, bro. Well, that's why you know, we would go back to the men's conference or the men's retreat. Mm-hmm. That's why it was so beautiful because you got a gun you got a bunch of guys together that that are doing that, you know? And I think especially with a bunch of men and w- women too though. You know, just people, humans. I think we just, we have this idea that like, we have to, we have to, we have to put up a face, you mm-hmm. know, that everybody struggle with that, you know, in some way probably. And I think the reality is God's saying, no, like I, I take you in all your messiness. I take you in all your ugliness, you know, but you have to believe that, that mm-hmm. I take you and, you know, and you don't have to, you don't have to show me anything, you know, I, <laughs> on the way to work, uh, Yesterday, I listened to Pastor Kurt's message about the the vine, the branch of Idy on the vine. Such a good message. Go back to it all the time. But the idea is like the the branch doesn't have to work yeah. to produce fruit. You know, yeah. it has to abide. Yeah. And I think sometimes our self sufficiency and our our performance, our performances, it actually it actually stops us from abiding in Christ, you know?
0: Okay, so there you go. So Jesus Mm. is the main story. We say that all the time. That's what the gospel is. So, in this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome Mm. the world. That's kind of where you took us at the very end. And even Jesus himself, you know, when he's being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he goes back to Scripture, Mm. and instead of trying to debate the devil, instead of trying to get through it somehow on his own power or whatever, Mm -hmm. he goes right back to the Lord. Mm. So... Uh, our our example is Christ in all that's this right. and you called him the teacher so you've yep. got the test your students and the teacher mm-hmm. kind of wrap this up here Colton mm-hmm. with um, show us jesus here at the mm-hmm. end of this at the end of this podcast
1: another thing that literally broke my heart i had to cut it out but that's okay um jesus in the garden mm-hmm. of gethsemane mm-hmm. um, i think it's matthew 25 or something like that but this is the this is the moment where he literally he knows he's yeah. about to be crucified. And yep. by the way, not just crucified, but to be separated yep. from the Father, the yeah. Trinity that's been everlasting in communion, not to mention to take all of our sin on top yeah. of him. So needless to say, Jesus is he is he faces something that no one else has ever understood or will ever face, yeah. the cup of God's wrath. Yeah. And um he's praying, and we talk about temptation and Jesus was tempted. He was tempted to just say no, you know, and just not take the cross and not take all that stuff. In fact, there's a moment where he, I love, this is like one of my favorite stories. Um, when the apostles attack the guards that come and come and get him, he says, don't you know, I could call down 12 legions of angels to wipe out all these people, but so that the will of God might be be accomplished. I'm gonna. I'm yep. gonna take this.
0: And he's sweating, and he's yes. you know, drops
1: of blood. It's it's intense. Yep. So he's struggling. Yep. He's struggling to actually. And be what does faithful. he say? What's his prayer? Yeah, he says, "Not my will, Lord. Yeah, there you go. But your will be done." And I think that actually. So following our teacher, and that's why Jesus always says, "Follow me," because yeah. he's always the model. Yeah. You know, and um, we have to follow our teacher and say, "Not my will be done, but yours." Now, obviously, we're not Christ. We need his help, but I think ultimately, like. God, I I think of Romans eight, where Jesus says, he's like, I've given you not a spirit that goes back into bondage, but one that can cry out Abba father, you know? So I think maybe something that everybody needs to hear today. If you are in Christ, you're a new creation. And so you don't have to sin, you know, you actually have the power to not sin. You Mm -hmm. know, obviously there will always be sins in our life, but those sins you struggle with, through the power of the Holy spirit, like you can actually, you can fight it, you know, because Jesus did it and he's our model, you know? So I think ultimately if we're weak and if we're struggling, um, I think of what the, of what Hebrews says, um, we have a high priest Mm -hmm. that can sympathize with our weakness because he's been tempted in every way we have. So when you're really struggling with in your temptation, you're struggling with these tests when you pray to the Lord for help and you say, you literally say, God, not, not my will, but your will be done. It's not like Jesus is up and he's aloof and he's like, well, come on, just try harder. Right. Dude, he's been there. Yeah. He's actually been tempted more than we, more than we ever have. Yeah. You, you reminded me, Jason, yeah. of, of a really, really good uh, quote from C.S. Lewis. Another thing I cut out, but it's really good. Sounds like this would have been a fantastic <laughs> message. Yeah, it would have been two hours <laughs> long too. So, <laughs> spare you there. Uh, so here it is. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. A man who gives in a temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would have been like an hour later. We never find out the strength of the evil impulse inside us until we try to fight it. Okay, but if that's true, then no one knows the power of temptation better than Jesus yeah because Jesus never sinned okay so maybe the test
0: here what it boils down to is um, are you are you gonna do things your way or my way yes God says the yep. fight is that fight to surrender it's a real battle at mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. right we've got to release our own hands and yep. control or whatever you call it and say not my will but your will and the example there the teacher is is Jesus who mm-hmm. who had the The greatest fight that anyone's ever (laughs) experienced, and yet still surrendered um, to the Lord's will, not my will, Jesus Mm -hmm. says, but yours be done. Colton, wow, thank you. Mm. Uh, you Here's know, one words. of the things that I really appreciate when you speak, teach, when we have conversations, is mm. that you are not just passionate, mm. you're also very humble and honest, mm. Thanks and you, I think you speak for so many people that don't know how to say mm. uh, what they're going through, mm. and, and you put into words what people are thinking sometimes, and mm. I, I've really appreciated that about you, Thanks, and Billy. you're so open and honest with what God is doing and has done in your life, and um you're a great example to me and, and probably so many others thank you praise thanks god. for being used praise god um, by god you and rachel are a gift and what's the name of the <laughs> nope okay
1: <laughs> don't some brother okay. <laughs> <laughs> fight it fight it fight
0: it <laughs> oh yeah i can't oh, do boy. that
1: that'll that'll go poorly hey, that. <laughs> how about you pray and then we'll wrap it up i'd love to let's do that father god um lord thank you Lord, thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your your direction, Lord, our teacher. And God, you're not a teacher that doesn't ask us to go where you haven't already been. So, Lord Jesus, you, you know what it's like to be tempted. Lord, you know the power of temptation, the allure, the enticement of it. But Lord, you say what you said in the garden, not my will, but your will, God, be done. So Lord, help us rest ultimately in your grace, Lord, knowing that even when we fail, Lord, your power is perfected in that. And so Lord, I just pray for all of our listeners. I pray for C Level church, Lord. May we be people that are not perfect, but that fight in our temptation, in our testing, knowing that Lord, ultimately there will be a day when all testing ceases and God will be with our teacher forever. We look forward to that day in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Colton, and thanks, friends, for listening. Thank you. Uh, Come back next week. Lord willing, we'll be uh, continuing this uh, podcast on the book of James.